1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
2: Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight Ken Holland holding a Zoom availability today you can get the highlights by going to 630 Chad Oilers and Senators tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7 in the NHL tonight. Canadians and Flames just getting underway in Calgary. Daryl Sutter behind the bench for the Flames. First time since he replaced Jeff Ward behind the bench. Remember, he was uh, going through COVID protocols for their two games on the weekend, so he wasn't running the bench. Jets lead the Maple Leafs 2-1. 13 and a half minutes left in the third. Red Wings up 5-2 on the Lightning in the second period. In the first, Chicago with a 1-0 edge on Dallas. Kubalik has his 10th of the season. Third period, Columbus leads Florida 4-2. Hurricanes taking it to the Preds. It's 5-0. Capitals up 4-1 in Philly. Islanders with a 5-2 lead on the Devils. Penguins 4, Sabres 2 with about 13 to go. And the Bruins still up 4-0 on the Rangers. Jake DeBruska scored in that game. A big story earlier in the week when he was a healthy scratch. And NBA tonight. Raptors now have pulled ahead of Atlanta. It's 80-78 in the third quarter.
0: They usually find a way to make a push. Here's Dreisaitl to the net. Red shot score. 3-0 Leon Dreisaitl. Coast to coast from inside his blue line. And he just undressed Mike Riley and then beat Matt Murray upstairs. Had a chance to get it out. Did not. Might pay for it. McDavid. Nugent Hopkins. Drag move. Couldn't pull the trigger. Backdoor. One-timer score. And Dreisaitl does have his second goal of the night and his 13th of the year. Oilers with their second on the power play. It's 5. Five, nothing. Drysdale to McDavid has his man beat drop pass Drysdale for the hat trick. He scores. Seven nothing. Fourth career hat trick for Leon Drysdale and the Oilers
2: continue to pour it on. The only thing better than playing Jack Michaels off tape is having Jack Michaels in person, which we do. Hi Jack, how's it going?
0: You actually sounded genuine there for a moment, Reed. Well, I can get in the moment and fake it well enough. Yeah, I thought you did well there. A lot better than, uh, you know, this week marked the 50th anniversary of arguably the greatest sporting event of the 20th century, and that was the first Ali Frazier fight. But uh, the way the game turned out last night, it was more like Tyson Spinks in Atlantic City in 1988. A quick knockout, and that game was never close right from the first shift. I think Edmonton expected Ottawa's best game. They were ready for it, and five minutes in, you knew it was going to be a long
2: night for the Sens. That, the the Sphinx tyson one, that was the one that took 91 seconds, wasn't it? Correct. And Is that the one? Well, what was the Sports Illustrated cover? Because once when Tyson won, they just put too much on the cover. Was that? Was that the one or might have been a different one? I'm going to Google this on the fly.
0: The one but, the, the, on the cover, I think Spinks is falling through the ropes. I, I don't remember the verbiage, but he was definitely on the cover. I mean, at that time, Mike Tyson was considered the most unbeatable heavyweight ever to come along the pike. And, oh, yeah. and a half later, he was uh, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I remember that one. And it simply said KO'd. And that was yeah, so, uh, when Buster Douglas beat him in February of 1990.
2: And uh, I just found that. Th- thank goodness for the internet, Jack. So yeah, the the Spinks one. You're right. It's Tyson is facing the camera, looking down on Spinks as he falls backwards into the ropes. KO in big yellow letters, and then underneath, Mike Tyson demolishes Michael Spinks in 91 seconds. He was. I wonder how many covers he had. I feel like he was probably on four or five times a year in his prime.
0: Yeah, the one, the first one I remember was in late 1985, and it said Kid Dynamite. And uh, so I, I remember that cover, and I remember him clowning with Daryl Strawberry and, and Dwight Gooden. Uh, the, those were the three central figures in New York sports at that particular point in time. But, uh, yeah, no, 86 was a big year. Tyson became heavyweight champion. He was, of course, from the Catskills, New York. Uh, the Mets won the World Series. The Giants won the Super Bowl. It was a very big year to be uh, in the metropolitan New York area.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mets team was interesting. Sometimes I wonder how they would do if they played other great teams from, uh, from the 1980s. Anyway, we got a text here from uh, Colton, the guy who named the uh, calf at me. He says, what do you and Jack think on the forward lineup once Cassian and Arch come back? You put Cass on the fourth line, I feel he's more effective when he plays more minutes, and let's put a spin on it, and let's say he comes back playing like the Cassian before he signed the contract. Well, that's a good question. I mean, Archibald is is jumping right back in. If there's a guy who kind of has a spot after the big three, I, I would say it's Archibald. He's got that third-line right wing locked down. I don't Which know way, where they, they put Cassian. Cassian. You, you think fourth line? Probably, eh?
0: I mean, you're not going to drop Yesupuli Yarvi to the fourth line. No, and you're not going to
2: drop, drop Yamamoto to the fourth line. So that means you got to take Chase or Neal out, though. And again, this is assuming everybody else is healthy, which can be a big assumption. But that's that's interesting. I mean, there's well, nobody. That's,
0: that's where we were, if you think about it. That's where we were in the preseason. I mean, we were basically in the in the preseason thinking that if Puli Yarvi played well. That one of Chaseon and Neal were not going to be in the lineup on a regular basis, and and we actually thought it it'd be a very similar t- situation to Koskinen and Mike Smith, where you might see James Neal and Alex Chason play roughly around 30 games. I mean, I I certainly think that's still on the table uh, when when Zach Cassian comes back, and and that might be the fact that there's not room for both Chaseon and and Neal in the lineup. I, I do think that's a, a distinct possibility, and that's no disrespect to those guys. I mean, chaseon has got five goals in his last 11 games. James Neal scored last night and has had some games where he's been effective, and that has been a good fourth line. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from what Neal, Haas, and Chason have done. In fact, I think it's a better line than the one that played against Chicago simply because Haas, Gives a little speed element on the line that Jujar Kara does not. Kara's got the speed of Archibald on the wing, and and now the other thing you got to wonder about is where does Dominic Cahoon fit? Uh, Devin Shore certainly hasn't played himself out of the way, out of the lineup. I mean, he's had a good week, especially on the penalty kill. So this is Dave Tippett's problem right now: is he's got a lot of good players a lot of players that would certainly be fixtures in the lineup of the opponent they're facing but he might not have room for all of them
2: well and that's one of the things about the Oilers I mean they they have a decent record obviously they've rebounded from the three and six start but if you would have told me before the season that you're gonna have Dominic Cahoon as a healthy scratch and Kyle Turris now I know he played well on Ottawa and had to miss last night's game against Ottawa yeah, Monday dude. and had I mean, exactly. He I line? mean, look at like, look, look, get this, Jack, the combined stats for tourists and Cahoon are 12 points. Tourists is minus 11. Cahoon at least is even. But if you would have told me 12 points combined halfway through the season for tourists and Cahoon, and that one of them would have been minus 11, I would have told you the orders were going to be like 10, 15 and three.
0: Well, and one of the reasons, I mean, there's several reasons they're not, and that is because they've gotten contributions from pretty much everyone who's come off the taxi squad. I mean, hey. A week and a half ago, Tyler Ennis, we were going to say the same thing about him. How does he get back in the lineup? And, you know, there are going to be swing men. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, I don't think Ennis is going to play every game the rest of the way. I don't think Kahuna is going to miss every game the rest of the way. I don't think Neil's going to play every game the rest of the way. And I don't think Alex Chason will play every game the rest of the way. That's just the... You know, Edmonton's got a lot of decent players on the wing. They really do. I mean, they don't have a ton of all-stars, but they've got a lot of depth, and they've got guys with different attributes. You know, Neal and Chason are good on the power play. Shore and Kara are good on the penalty kill. Hans has enough speed to play, you know, not only on the penalty kill, but a regular five-on-five shift. You know, Cassian can play on all four lines. Yes, Apuliarvi can play on three of the four lines. So, you know, everyone has an attribute. I mean, Dominic Kuhn is is a very good passer. He's not much of a finisher, and that's where I think, you know, him and Drysidle haven't clicked as some would hope simply because Drysidle's the best passer in the world. Certainly, if you listen to Connor McDavid, I, I don't think he's wrong, and and he doesn't have a finisher when he's not playing with McDavid. He doesn't have the same kind of finisher that he would need. And and, and quite frankly, I mean, you know, in a dream scenario, you know, think about think about Patrick Maroon. He scored 27 with McDavid. I'm sure he can score 27 with Drysaddle. That's how good a passer Leon Drysaddle is. So. There's a lot of depth up and down the lineup, and and that goes really for every position. I mean, you got the same issue on the back end. You know, you, right now, Evan Bouchard's not playing. Okay, you want to play Bouchard? Well, does that mean Ethan Bear's not going to play? Uh, Tyson barry has got 20 points in 20 games. They're not taking him out. Adam Larson is a guy that, you know, I've talked to a couple of people on opposing coaching staffs, and you know, they say the one thing we don't have is not only one, but two guys like Nurse and Larson, hard D-men to play, throwback D-men, the kind of D-men that Kevin Lowe was in, in the you know mid to late 1980s. So this is where we're at right now. Edmonton all of a sudden has a lot of depth. Other than McDavid and Drysidel, they don't have a ton of elite players, but they got guys who can play NHL games and can fall out of bed and suit up in an NHL game. And even
2: a couple years ago, that was not the case. Jack Michaels joining us tonight on Inside Sports. You are, I'm trying to think, you, you will be on TV tomorrow and on Ched on Saturday. And One the year ago tonight. In Calgary, so TV tomorrow and then Ched the next three. Oh, next three. Okay, nice. Um, one year ago tonight, he, you know, I remember Rob and I did overtime open line and we were kind of saying to each over. other, well, we were saying, what did we pay even pay attention in the third period and Tippett it right. reference today, how players during the intermissions were getting the news about the NBA, uh, you know, that you have to call the game. So you
0: third period. Yeah, yeah. Even for the players, we, we were talking about it. Remember, Reed, you and I were talking about it between breaks. We were saying, this is a weird, like there was a hush in the crowd. You could tell, you know, rumors were, were flying. Again, as soon as I saw the, the tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, who covers the ESPN so well, uh, covers the NBA so well for ESPN, as soon as I saw the NBA season was on pause, I knew the NHL was to follow. And, and it was. It, it was a weird night. I left that night. Thinking, uh, who was it this morning? Uh, I think it was, might have been Devin Shore, who said, "You know, I I left the rink uh, as a lot of people did, thinking maybe a two to three week break. I I did not anticipate we'd be at where we're at right now uh, a year from now. And uh, again, I mean, I, I would echo the players' sentiments. Obviously, uh, not on the same fiscal level, but I feel very fortunate that." You know, for us, Reed, we're, we're back covering, you know, the sport that we've always enjoyed. Uh, we're back doing, for the most part, uh, you know, what we've always enjoyed doing. Uh, we're a lot more fortunate than a, than a number of people. And it, it's been a long year. I mean, I, you know, you're lucky enough to, to share kind of a complex, a compound, that I kid you about it, but... You're, you know, you're lucky to have your mom and dad right next door. You know, I don't have that luxury. I haven't seen them in 15 months. And as an only child, I think you'd agree with me that, you know what? After a while, that sucks. Like I miss my parents and I don't say it a ton. Uh, I've never been that guy, but you know, I do miss them. And I, you know, I'm not going to see them anytime soon. As you know, I'm American. They're an American. I'm here. And uh again, a lot of people have lost their folks, so I'm not going to cry in my soup. A lot of people have it much rougher than I. But uh this year has certainly um redistributed some of my, you know, previous even in jest complaints about day-to-day life.
2: Yeah, I I hear you. Hey, buddy, uh, and I know one of the things you enjoy is getting to come on this show. Thanks for doing it tonight, and I'll see you at the rink in the morning, buddy.
0: I know. That was a strangely modeling tone. You really didn't give me any openings to poke fun at you and your <laughs> general lifestyle because normally it's, it's out there in evidence, and I, and I enjoy doing that. But tonight you, you kind of played it close to the vest.
2: Well, I I wanted to challenge you to see if you could. You know, you got to manufacture that energy sometimes, Jack. So that's your yeah, challenge for next time. Yeah, you were in the four time.
0: corners tonight, and I had no answer for it. <laughs>
2: well done, <laughs> Dean. That's right. That is Jack Michaels, play by play for the Oilers on Sportsnet and here on Six Thirty. Chad, we're back in a couple of minutes. Through the first period, no score between Montreal and Calgary. Meanwhile, the Leafs have jumped ahead of the Jets with a couple of goals in the third period. Three-two, Toronto with five and a half minutes to go. We'll bring you the full scoreboard after the seven thirty news. An extended media availability today by NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Now, obviously, a very different season. You have the four divisions that have been realigned. All the Canadian teams in the north. And then the first two rounds of the playoffs will be just within the division. And then you'll have four teams for the semifinals, one Canadian, three from the United States. And uh, Daly was asked, well, what about that border issue Are North division teams going to be able to leave Canada by the time we get to the semifinal?
1: We are engaged uh, or in the process of engaging uh, with respect to, to the playoffs. Um, you have to realize that the the playoffs, you know, the, the, the first time a Canadian team would have to travel outside of Canada or vice versa, a U.S. team traveling inside of Canada uh, would be mid-June. So we've got a little bit of time to deal with this. I, I believe there'll be a process. Um, I, I can't certainly promise any result, and, you know, we'll work through the process and we'll make... Uh, We'll we'll see what the result is and and we'll respond appropriately. But uh, in terms of timeline, I don't think there's any kind of firm deadline that we have to meet um, to to accomplish uh, a change in plans if if that's necessary. And, um, you know, this this isn't the first uh, time we've had to work through a a process uh, with the various elements of the Canadian government um, since return to play even for for the nineteen twenty season. All right, a
2: little bit there from uh, Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League. And, uh, yeah, they, they basically, I mean, they want to go back to normal for for next season. And as we're finding here, things are, are changing. The Oilers have talked to uh, AHS about maybe trying to get some fans in the building before the end of the season. So a lot of storylines to follow. And one of the newest storylines in sports in this city and in this country the CFL and the XFL entering into an arrangement, a relationship, a collaboration, whatever you want to call it. We'll get the perspective from Chris Presson. He's the president and CEO of your Edmonton football team. I'll also talk to him about his outlook for 2021. Are we going to get 18 games? Or are we going to have fans in Commonwealth? And when are we finally getting that new name we've been waiting for? That's next, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. About this, they're going to overtime in Toronto. The Leafs and the Jets tied three-three. Quite a third period. Nylander and have scored to put the Leafs ahead. Stastny tying it at seventeen thirty-four of the third. His eighth of the season. So they're going to overtime in Toronto. We'll keep you updated. Four and a half minutes left in the first period in Calgary. No score between the Flames and the Canadians. Also, Hawks lead the Stars one 0 early second period. After two, the Wings looking to upend the Lightning. It's 5-2 for Detroit. Mantha has his seventh of the season for the Wings. Panthers and Blue Jackets are in overtime, tied 4-4. Hurricanes pound the Predators 5-1. It is the Capitals leading the Flyers 4-3 with about four and a half minutes to go. The Islanders have defeated the Devils 5-3. Islanders having a really good season. Brock Nelson scored tonight. He's up to 11 goals on the season. Jack Hughes got his sixth for New Jersey. Penguins win over Buffalo. Man, it is just tough and getting even tougher for the Sabres. 5-2. The Penguins win tonight. Rust, his ninth of the season. Gensel, his ninth of the season. And the Bruins, blank. The Rangers, 4-0. Jake DeBrusque, his second of the season. Bergeron got his 10th basketball tonight raptors in action fell behind early now looking good late eight minutes to go raptors leading the atlanta hawks 104 93 well we could have games uh in commonwealth stadium hopefully uh man what are we looking at i mean we're into march we're into march season's supposed to start with the training camp in just a couple of months from now but can the canadian football league get it done are they going to have fans and what is going on with this curious announcement involving the xfl to discuss we welcome back to the show the president and ceo of the edmonton football team chris presson chris how are you doing i'm good reed Thanks a lot for coming on the show. It's it's nice to catch up with you, and we are talking CFL, we are talking Double E for a variety of reasons. <laughs> so so you're the perfect guy to to have on for some things here. And uh, man, a lot of a lot of fans were throwing out a lot of different questions yesterday about the uh, the relationship here that's been formed between the CFL and the XFL. Look, Chris, in in, in your own words, what what would you say to people? about the nature of this relationship right now
4: i would say it's an exciting opportunity i mean take it for what it's worth at this point we are simply talking we're exploring uh we're learning from one another we're trying to be as innovative as we can for for both situations and it's really a collaboration at the end of the day about growing the game and um anytime you have an opportunity to sit down with like-minded people who are in the same business and you have a trust going in that you're trying to benefit one another in one way or the other, I think uh, only good things can be gained from that.
2: Okay, so I, I'm gonna just ask you something very specific, and I think you'll know where I'm coming from, because I was getting messages from buddies yesterday and seeing it on social media, and and I'm sure you saw it too. The Oh no, we're going to, we're going to lose the Canadian rules. So we're going to lose our identity with the, with the big field and and the three downs. Like, would you say, just pump the brakes on that worrying and just (laughs) see see where this goes? I really would. I mean, we're so
4: far from that. It's not that it doesn't creep into everyone's mind who lives in Canada. Certainly understand that as do the people on the other side of the table. Uh, I would highly encourage people to not jump to assumptions at all. Literally, we are, We're so far from that. And we are literally just talking about the business and again, what the possibilities could be, if any, and, uh, we may end up somewhere that's really beneficial to both, or we could end up nowhere. And certainly that's all yet to be determined.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah, so we got to see where this is going. So how do, this is my, this is my question though. Uh, How do two, um, businesses that are in the same general field but who operate perhaps in in very different environments what do you have to do to sort of start finding that common ground from your experience
4: yeah i think you have to do literally what we're doing right now and that is begin to have conversation and to understand where the other one's coming from clearly we have a different product than they do Clearly they play in a different time or have played in a different time of the year than we do and then we could probably do. Uh, So again, there's a lot to work through. And I think frankly, that's the fun part about it. Um, You know, the the problems that we've been solving with COVID et cetera uh, for the last year have been extremely challenging. This is also challenging, but it's the fun part of the job. And again, it's uh, something that gives you an opportunity to work through and again, see if you can be innovative. See if you can take some of what they do, some of what we do, meld it together to see if there's something there. And that's what this is about.
2: Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Uh, have you ever met him or just tell people what it means just simply to have his star power involved in this process? Uh, It's off the chart. I have not
4: um, met him in person, but I have met him virtually. Uh, Phenomenal human being, as is Danny Garcia, as is Jerry Cardinal, all of whom were mentioned in the statement yesterday. And and that's another thing about it, Reed. Anytime you have the opportunity to collaborate with those three individuals uh, who share the same visions and passions that we all do in the CFL, uh, we would be crazy not to take that opportunity. And when you look at just, you know, Dwayne yesterday tweeted, or I should say posted on Instagram a very small story with his picture when he was a Calgary stampeder in terms of training camp. And within 10 hours, he had 3.2 million likes. Uh, So that tells you the brand power he has. And certainly when you have the star power and the brand power that he has, and you can possibly um, entertain conversation with him, again, I think that's a must. and, And that's what we're doing. And that's where we are.
2: Yeah, okay. Chris Preston from the Edmonton football team joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Of course, he's the president and CEO of the club as uh, we talk a little bit about the XFL and, and CFL news that came out yesterday. And let's uh, let's look ahead as well. You know, Randy Ambrosi has been very optimistic about 2021. Uh, you know, I talked to a double E player, Ryan King. On the show about a week and a half ago, who's uh, you know heavily involved with the CFLPA, and he felt pretty optimistic about a season. Uh, I'm assuming you do too, so I'm not going to ask if you are optimisim- Optimistic, I'm going to ask you uh, why you are optimistic, and by extension, uh, fans should feel good about seeing games this year as well.
4: Sure, I would echo Randy's sentiment. We're very optimistic. And I want to make it clear that our focus, despite the announcement yesterday, is on 2021. And it's on getting back uh, on the field in the Canadian Football League. That's our number one focus. Uh, with that said, I think um, in our brief conversation with uh, the provincial health authorities, uh, and then beyond that, what um, the Oilers Entertainment Group has done by submitting a proposal to the same group of individuals to see if they can have fans in the game, uh, fans in the stands here in the next. 15 to 30 days. I think it all um, spells good things for us. Certainly I'm, I'm prognosticating and while I am not Nostradamus, I, I look at uh, how the vaccines are going south of the border. And I think that can only benefit us long-term. And uh, for those reasons, I feel really good about where we are and, and really good about where we're headed. And we continue to meet regularly uh, with the league office, including earlier today, around proper protocols for for everybody involved in the game from level one personnel players coaches to uh, our fans and
2: employees as well yeah so uh, then i well i'll ask you something a little more more specific and I, and i know it's a, it's a work in progress but but i i do think it's relevant to ask are are we are we reasonable to expect a full eighteen game season then, at this point? Yeah, I can't um, I
4: can't guess either way at that. Uh, just simply because I don't have enough factual information, and I think uh, normally I would guess on it. The reason that I won't in this case is as we have seen, this COVID environment and the information that you get changes so frequently. And it seems like uh, twice an hour you can get new information and depending upon who you talk to and what you read, you may get a different answer from everyone. So it's for that reason that I would hesitate uh, to give you a definitive answer on that. But I can tell you that we're planning for that and we're also planning for other scenarios as well, just in case.
2: Right. Okay. Which makes sense, I think. And then in terms of the The number of fans that could be in the state because it because it may it, Chris it may not be a a a, a us, the usual attendance for a game perhaps early you know could you think the double E and the league could proceed with okay it's not the X amount that we usually get but we're going to be pretty good with this percentage perhaps to start the season could we operate I that
4: think spot? so Reed yeah and I think that's an excellent question and certainly um, common sense tells us that we need to plan for. Uh, a bit of a reduced capacity. Uh, that doesn't mean that's what will happen. It means uh, it means that's our worst case scenario, and we need to we need to forecast for that. And then from a hosting standpoint, we need to plan for that. And that's what we've done on all scenarios. And so we still have a lot to learn. There's going to be a lot that changes between now and the time training camp begins, which, believe it or not, would be uh, in about 60 days if we did begin on time. And so we continue to be focused on that. We continue to be focused on making sure that we're creating a safe environment for those I mentioned earlier, our players, our staff, and our fans. And uh, we will continue to work with provincial health authorities in our league to establish exactly what that looks like.
2: For players and coaches then, do you foresee an environment where it is similar to, you know, say the National Hockey League where it's daily or almost daily testing though for for players? (laughs) Yeah, I
4: don't think we would have to go quite that far. Again, a lot of this could change based upon how well the vaccine takes, how many people at that time are vaccinated, etc. cetera. Uh, there will be a, an abundant amount of testing because safety is the number one concern. And uh, so we'll do exactly what we must do. We'll lay that plan out to the province and we'll make sure that they're clearly bought into what we're doing. But we want to not just minimize, but we want to eliminate the opportunity for COVID to permeate uh, our dressing room, uh, our offices, and our fans for that for that for that part as well.
2: Okay, yeah, makes sense. And uh, yeah, thanks for updating that, Chris. That's all. That's all really relevant, and, and I think people will like what they're hearing here for the for the most part. Uh, I'll I'll throw just another topic, obviously that's ongoing for you guys, and we've seen it pared down. Uh, the name. We're almost halfway through March. I don't know if you want to break any stories on Inside Sports, but are we we getting close to learning the date when we will learn the new name? You know, we are, and there's, there's no one that
4: would love to have a name and a logo more so than me. I mean, when you look at operationally where we are and what all we have to achieve among all the other challenges we have with abnormalcy around putting on a game, uh, there's nobody that would like to have those two things, name and logo more than me. Yes, we're, we're certainly getting closer. We wanna make sure again, from a process perspective that we follow what we set out from the very beginning. And certainly there are challenges with making sure that we devote the proper time to it. There are those that may say we've taken too long and there will th- be those at some time that will say we haven't taken long enough and we're just doing our best uh, in a situation, frankly, that happens once in a career. Uh, you just don't, you just don't change your name hardly ever. And and for us, in our case, in our lifetimes, it, it has never been changed and it will never be changed again more than likely. So I think that's the battle is just trying our best to deliver uh, what we can to to the fans. And, uh, and unfortunately, that takes a lot of time.
2: Okay, Chris, maybe I'm nitpicking, you know, I can be guilty of that, but I, I got to ask one follow up because you said name and logo, and we do know the double E is going to be around. So should, should we expect though there, there may be an additional image or logo that could be significantly in play.
4: Yeah, there will be. So as you, as you eloquently described it, we certainly are keeping the double E, but we want to make sure that we're providing our fans with another opportunity, um, to support their team. And so, yeah, we will definitely have a a secondary logo and that's all a part of the process. And those things take a long time. It's, uh, It's a very iterative process and what you start with isn't always what you end up with. And, um, you know, that's a part of the ongoing due diligence we're doing as well.
2: And uh, you can certainly expect that. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Something else to look forward to. Hopefully a lot of things to look forward to for the CFL in 2021 and beyond Chris, thank you so much for checking in and uh, giving an update to all the double E fans out there. We really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me on Reed. That's Chris Preston, the president and CEO of the Edmonton football team. So while he acknowledges that there there is still some uncertainty, I, I, do, I do think we got some pretty good indications on some things. I, I sense a lot of optimism that there will be CFL games in 2021 and that there will probably be fans at those games, even if it's not as many fans as, as would usually attend. They're uh, They're hoping to play 18 games per team. Maybe that'll have to be... Reduced, and he did say you shouldn't be worried about the CFL disappearing or merging with another league or losing the Canadian rules. He said it's way too early to worry about that in terms of what they're talking about with the XFL. We'll get some reaction from Morley Scott when we get back.
4: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: The Leafs win it in overtime. Austin Matthews scores in three on three. And the Leafs knock off the Jets 4-3. Matthews is 21st of the season, 59 seconds into overtime so the maple leafs get the win meanwhile in calgary no score flames and canadians after the first period we just had double e president ceo chris presson on the show morley Scotch, your play-by-play voice for the edmonton football team here on 630 chad morley thanks for checking in here for a few minutes as i know you were listening to that interview there were kind of three sections to it the xfl relationship the return to play And the new name and some kind of a new logo, I'll just kind of hand the floor to you about any uh, two or three bullet points that you'd want to stress.
3: Yeah, well, I think uh, the thing uh, that, I, that I took out of it more than anything, Reed, was just uh, the fact that everything's moving forward. I like the fact that there's so much positivity around playing in 2021. And, you know, everyone stresses they want 18 games. They want a full season. I don't know if that's possible. And they don't know if that's possible. They're saying they want 18. They're planning for 18. But they're also planning for uh, contingency plans, trying to make sure that they're ready for whatever comes their way. And I think that's the thing that everybody, you know, everybody who, who owns a business or, or whatever the case may be in your life during, during during this pandemic you've had to change things on the fly and you've had to had to adjust to to the surroundings but i mean the vaccines are rolling out on both sides of the border that's certainly good news the more people that get vaccinated is you know that's everybody gets vaccinated that's one less person you can give it to or one less person you can catch it from right so uh that's that's a good step forward and i, and I think it's it's encouraging uh what kind of caught me by surprise is he, he talked about the the order's talking to AHS, instead of the next 15 to 30 days, they want to try and get people in the stands, which is kind of uh, an interesting. We hadn't heard that timeline yet before and and I think that uh, if they can get them indoors at Rogers Place, they can certainly get them outdoors at Commonwealth Stadium, I think, in, in, a, in a safe manner. So, uh, yeah, lots of bright things. As far as the XFL thing goes, Reed, I don't know about your take on it, but I think a lot of people are getting way too excited and, and, and reaching for the panic button way too soon. Uh, you know, these this relationship is just starting. Uh, they've had some talks and, and came out and told everyone yesterday that they're that they're having talks uh, but I don't think there's there's any plans to merge I don't think there's any plans to destroy the Canadian game uh, I don't know if that will ever happen because it just it just wouldn't work I can't I don't know I can't see a merger because you can't play games in February and March in Canada and the XFL won't play games past you know August when the NFL has begun their preseason into their regular season in September so it just does not make any sense whatsoever for them to all play at the same time and be successful but I think there is many ways that they can help each other out I think they could they could put together uh, you know uh, a scouting board that could work for both leagues and that could save money in scouting they could you know market together they could they could do streaming rights together there's so many things that they can do together other than just say play together right maybe we'll get an exhibition game at some point which will be hard to figure out when and hard to figure out what the rules are but I think it's just all about getting uh, getting a better foothold and 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 financially getting things done a lot better and figuring out a way uh, figuring out a way uh you know to bring in more revenue and if you can get the rock tweeting about you you're you're in good shape right because it it gets to so many eyeballs between his twitter and his instagram read he's got 240 million followers (laughs) like that's that's amazing uh, I mean, and, and like like Chris Preston said, you know, he he, uh, he he put out the post yesterday, and it got like three and a half million likes. So, you know, it, if if he can tweet about the Canadian Football League, that's good. It it gets them it gets them a presence in the marketplace, and I think it's a great way working with the XFL and the Rock to get those younger people interested in the game again. To try and you know, and that's been the problem for the Canadian Football League, I think, for the last few years, is getting the younger people into the stadium and watching the game on TV and listening to the game on the radio and caring about what's happening in the league. And I think this might be one of the ways to do that. All right. Yeah. Interesting story to follow. And then of course uh,
2: we're getting a name and, and some sort of a new logo. I it, I'm not saying it's replacing the double E logo, but there will be a significant image that's going to be used for the team uh, as well. So, I mean, it's, it could, could be on the helmet, right? could be on the uniform. Who knows?
3: Yeah, that's to be expected. I mean, every team has a secondary logo of some sort, right? Which which yeah. they use a lot. And uh, yeah, and I think you can't sell you can't sell new merchandise with the same old logo, right? You got to have something different to sell the merchandise with, and something flashy. So, uh, I think uh, that's part of the goal for them moving forward. Uh, we're probably a month or maybe a little bit more away from finding out what that name is going to be.
2: That's Morley Scott checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. Bob as Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. It's a game day. Five thirty face-off show. Puck drop at seven. Oilers Senators. I'm Reed. Thanks for listening.
1: Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.